Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. In the podcasting world, there are those that use language that is safe for work and those that do not. These are the stories from the latter. Dun-dun! Hello, welcome to the Reading Circle Temple. I'm Molly. I'm Indy. I'm Brittany. And I'm Goodwin. And today we're talking about chapter three of Daja's book. So grab your cup of coffee. Or tea. Or your drink of choice. And let's disappoint our teachers. This chapter opens with Daja and Frostpine talking to Shriek. As you do. Then Tris comes out and feeds the bird. Briar's still, like, super messed up about killing a bunch of saffron. And Sandy, yeah. hey guys, here's some bobbins of thread. I need you to carry them for the next day. So they absorb your essence. And then they have a fancy dinner. Where they meet yeah. your fire tamer, the fucking douchebag. Who went to Lightsbridge with Nico and does not think very highly of Nico. Well, Nico doesn't think very highly of him either. But he keeps it to himself, unlike some other less nice people. Are we referring to Yarin or Rosethorn here? Rosethorn is sassy. That's different. And this kid comes running in and he's like, oh no, there's a fire. You have to put it out. So he takes them like up to the tower. He's like, ah, Nico, can you put it out? It's only polite for me to ask. And Nico's like, no, I can't. You know I can't. And he's like, oh, really? You'd think it would be so simple. And then he does all this funky magic with dust in the air and the fire goes out. And then Yarn dismisses them like, you're dismissed. Rosethorn goes back and... She's got some spicy words for him. Plants need fire sometimes. Yeah, you stupid. Get rid of all the mast. And the kids are like, uh, we like to hear Rosethorn yell at people who aren't us. Let's listen in. And then, then they get busted by Nico. He grabs Tris by the ear and drags her down the stairs and throws her down on the couch like, sit here, child. All y'all in trouble. I'm not mad. I'm disappointed. That just hurts. And he says they're not allowed to use magic anymore unless they're supervised. Step one of our three-step reading process is reading like a novice. 
this is where we talk about what we liked and didn't like about this chapter. And you know what, y'all? I didn't really like this chapter <laughs> as a chapter by itself. I didn't feel like a lot happened. Maybe it was just because it was all one scene. And that scene was with Yarin and Yarin's dickwad ends with them getting in trouble. So like, and now I feel contact guilt. So yeah, I really love seeing Shriek again. I love that Triss tells Shriek, you're a grown bird, act like it. (laughs) (laughs) And I like the comparison of Lady Anolia and Duke Fedris. And I like the children like to see Rosethorn yell at people who are not me. But for the most part, I was just sort of like, eh. So I'll let y'all take over because I think some of you enjoyed it more than I did. As with every chapter that it appears in, nails. 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 <laughs> nails. Nailed it. I absolutely love the scene where Briar's talking about he has to cut his hair so lightning sprout every time he might as well shave his head like crossbow. <laughs> Isn't his hair already pretty short? It is pretty short. <laughs> Even with uh, Triss's hair cropped, it's still longer than Briar's hair. Yeah. Well, he can shave his head and then we can paint like a green arrow on it. He said he's going to shave his head like the top of uh, Frost Pine's head. He's going for that monk t- tonsure? T- tonsure? I don't know how it's pronounced. There is two other things, and both are like quotes. One of which is referring mages at the different university as overbred house cats. It's so snarky, and yet it feels very true and very fitting. They think that they're better than everybody else. Isn't there a part yeah. where Sandry observes, like, oh, you know, even Nico is kind of like that when he gets on his high horse? I don't remember yeah. specifically connected to the overbred house cats part. Some of these university mages are like overbred cats, thought Sandry watching Yarin as the lady introduced the most important of her other guests. They dress to kill and don't want to get their paws wet. Even Nico is a little that way sometimes, especially when he's on his dignity. that's the thing that annoys me the most about Nico so I just really like that it gets directly pointed out in the book I guess Sandri and I are alike Nico gets so uppity at times so uppity I feel like I am a lot like Nico at times so (laughs) I get so uppity (laughs) but I also really like when Rose Thorne's yelling and Briar just goes, I love it when she talks mean. It's more of how much Briar loves Rose Thorne. It always makes me happy. Little interactions like that with them. And my dislike, three words. My dislike for this whole chapter. Yarin. Just Yarin. <laughs> yes. Just yarn. He's a fucking douche. Good one. Did you want to go? My likes and dislikes, uh, I think the biggest one was the difference between Dufidris and Lady Inolia when they were at the dinner. Lady Inolia was very dressed to the nines. She had fine clothes, and sparkling gems, all that glitter. While Duke Vidris wore not much. I think he wore one ring and one other glittery bit. A glittery earring. That's what it was. I would describe that he wore command like a cloak. 
it's just really interesting to see they're both really powerful people with high positions but you can tell that some are trying to use their money to emphasize their power as opposed to just the actual power that they wield which uh, i thought was a really interesting i won't say character study but just some some insight into duke vedras's character i also liked nico's quote some get renowned while they feel they deserve it or not others feel they should be famed but labor in obscurity and that really kind of hits a nail on the head with Yarin. He, I think, overestimates his powers. He's capable of some really cool stuff that even Nico can't do. But clearly, he kind of set up the valley for a really bad time with all these fires. Him and his dad, yeah. 30 years without fire. It's not a good combination. There really wasn't a lot done this chapter, but I feel like it did give a lot of insight to some of the characters we meet later on. As Indy always says, don't fuck with Mother Nature, she'll fuck you back. Oh, there seems to be a theme in these books. Hmm. Hmm. Can't can't put my finger on it. It's somewhere. The first one I have is when Lady Analia, is that how you say her name? Anyway, she's telling Sandry, oh, I regret that pressing duties today made it impossible for me to spend time with you today. And then asked her how Sandry spent her afternoon. And Sandra's like, oh, I was just assembling thread for weaving. Anolia is like, we do not weave. Her uncle cuts in and is like, you do realize that that's uh, the magic that she possesses, right? And for her to be able to grow her magic, she's got to do that, right? And I love that he was stepping in and protecting her. And then also Nico does the same as well. Whenever she's like, oh, well, maybe she could go to this university instead and Nico's like, well, it's a custom I deplore. She shouldn't go to university because they don't train in unusual powers. I love the Duke and Nico stepping in for Sandry and protecting her and taking out for her. That part was awesome. We all already talked about how there's obviously a difference between the Duke and the lady at the part where the peasant boy rushes in saying that there's a fire the duke murmurs to one of the servers to get the boy some water nobody else was worried about him and you can tell that the duke really cares about his people even the ladies people she doesn't care she's like oh there's a fire oh well it's not important our fire person is here he's gonna take care of it we'll go listen to some music that my ladies can perform She doesn't care about her people at all. She just wants to make sure that people know that she's the ruler with all her fancy stuff and whatever. The Duke actually cares. Frostpine says, even before that scene, she looks like the kind of woman who cares if people come to the table and work close. Mm -hmm. He tweaks Briar's nose. It's cute. I know. I love that as he walks out, he tweaks Briar's nose. Those are two characters we don't necessarily see a lot of interaction between. Yeah. Next one I had was actually a dislike when Yarn is asking Nico, hey, can you put this fire out? And Nico's like, yeah, no, I can't. And Yarn's like, oh, hmm, I can't watch this. Fucking Yarn. I don't like that guy. He's the great guy. and powerful McLaren Golden. I can't do it, but I can. Yeah, right. And then I like the part where the kids are going to listen to what Rose Thorne has to tell them. Briar's like, I wonder what Rose Thorne has to say to him. She had that look on her face. Dodge is like, what look? And he's like, the one that means 
she's seen you do something really dumb and she means to pin your ears back. <laughs> like, yes, get him. Go, Rose Thorn. Yeah, and then the next one was, I love when she talks mean. We've already talked about that one, though. Oh, my last one is when Nico tells the kids that magic is not a toy. It's not a convenience. It's a precious thing. And it's not for use in getting around your elders. I don't believe I realized until we began the trip how often you children called on it when it would be every bit as easy to do things physically instead. That's something that they definitely need to learn because they use it constantly. It's not a toy. Got to use it sparingly. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Step two is reading like a dedicate. This is where we look for a theme or a message in the chapter. What themes or messages did you find? The theme is definitely appearances. There's a lot of that. The way Yaren acts with Nico is definitely an appearance, not only trying to make Nico look bad, but also make him look better in comparison. The whole dinner scene in general shows that weight of what appearances can do. If you look good, then you're considered better, even when you're not. Even like Rose Thorn going after Yarn. <laughs> There's also an appearance in that. We know that Rosethorn has absolutely no problem flat out telling you you're fucking stupid. The thing that you're doing is dumb. Stop. The fact that she does it in private 
also speaks a lot for appearances as well, I feel. Every single one of those kids know what's happening. But instead of going and just looking into him in public and making herself look like the asshole of the situation, she takes him in private and is like, this is why you're stupid and you need to stop being stupid, stupid. That was really good. I didn't even think about that because it's very much a direct opposite approach of what Yara did to Nico. Very cool. What you said reminds me of, I wish I could remember exactly what the context was, but I had this thought recently about the trend of formal and informal dress. Yeah. And I've been aware of it for a while, specifically within churches, because the way that you described Lady Anolia and like that whole dinner scene, the way people dress shows status reminds me of certain churches where people will get really dressed up. I had a friend in elementary school who would go visit her grandparents in Oklahoma every summer. And she said that when she went to church with them, the ladies dressing up for church, it was almost like a competition because it was like, who can dress the fanciest? I don't want to criticize people who dress up for church because I know that's a tradition that goes back for a really long time. For very specific reasons. Yes, yes. The original reason, the reason why we call it church clothes or Sunday best or things like this is because at one point, all people had were working clothes and they had usually one or two sets of really, really nice clothes. And that was wedding clothes, church clothes, funeral clothes. That's what they were for. And at some point when people started being able to wear nicer things, the Sunday best just had to get better because you couldn't be caught dead in what you would wear during the week at church. I know that there are a lot of people who still dress nicely for church because for them it's important. It's a way of showing respect. I don't want to criticize that, but there has been a trend like among our generation and possibly people who are younger than us as well, where due to that effect of in some places, people basically competing against each other to see who can dress the fanciest, there's been a reversal and people have started wearing street clothes to church out of transparency. And I recently had an interaction with somebody else that involved dress and it was like, oh, This seems like it might be a trend, not just within church, but within other areas of society where younger people are dressing down specifically out of transparency. But my theme was very similar to yours because my theme is pride. A few years ago, I had this college professor. I just got the impression she didn't feel satisfied with her life or maybe she was sometimes intimidated by her students. And she would purposely make convoluted assignments so that she could lord it over us that we had done the assignment wrong. And I've also had coworkers in the past, the way they behave towards me, I just got the impression that it was something about me intimidates you. Maybe it's because I'm significantly younger than you and in the same or a similar position or it's because I am more knowledgeable than you about this random thing. I don't know. But that's the impression that I got from Yaren, was that he is this very proud person 
and he's insecure. So I guess maybe my theme should be insecurity. He's insecure. And as a result, he has to show off for other people and put people down to make himself feel more secure. Yeah, I can see that. Mine is basically the same as y'all's. I'm just thinking that you're better than people because both Yarn and Lady What's-Her-Face both thought the same, <laughs> that they were better <laughs> than everybody around them, especially Yarn with Nico. I had a tough time. I'm just going to go through what I thought were my themes. The first one that I wrote down was knowing your place. And I was like, nah, that's not exactly right. The other one was overstating your position, question mark. The next was knowing your limits, messing with nature. That one's crossed out. And the one that I finally settled on was don't overestimate your powers. I literally wrote down this will lead to ruin, probably. Obviously, Yaren in the fires, you know, him and his father clearly made mistakes in the past. Well, maybe not clearly to them, but to someone that deals with plants like Rose Thorn. It's pretty obvious that just because you think you can shut fires down, throwing a little powder and concentrating real hard doesn't mean that you'll be able to handle something big like an actual forest fire. And the other example was the kids sneaking around and getting caught. All four of them were using an amount of magic power to listen in on Rose Thorn and Yara's uh, discussion when they literally could have just held the door open with their hand. It would have been super duper simple to just do it physically, but they were using their magic power, well, one, in a not so good way with trying to eavesdrop on a private conversation, but in a really irresponsible way. It wasn't hurting anyone, but in this universe, when you use magic, there's always a possibility of something going wrong and not being able to get your way out of it. Nice to see Nico check them on that, even though it kind of hurt to read. I feel like that needed to be done. They need to learn to do stuff in a more manageable way. I wonder if them using magic was at all connected to Nico catching them. Because it could have easily just been, he went, oh, wait, where did the kids go? And then went back to find them. But Nico can see magic. So it could also be, he went, oh, hey, I see some magic over there that's probably those kids. Four pretty powerful mages all using their magic at the same time, I'm sure would be a little bright to Nico. (laughs) So I guess the lesson here is 10-year-olds are still idiots. Not entirely (laughs) their fault, but yes. (laughs) Hopefully they'll learn things. Yeah, hold the door open, but no. (laughs) Literally just use one person's hand. Part three is reading like a mage. This is where we use the text to craft magic in our own lives. What magic can you craft out of this chapter? What I got out of this chapter is I can tend to be yarn sometimes, (laughs) thinking that I know what's best. I catch myself doing that a lot, thinking that I know better when another person is telling me, you don't know better. I do. This is why I know better. And I'm still like, "Mm, no, you're crazy. I know better. I need to start listening to those people more. I don't always know best. Other people know things as well. I don't want to be a yarn. (laughs) He doesn't seem very pleasant. (laughs) That's kind of hilarious because mine is basically the opposite. Be yourself even when the people around you are being assholes. And that's Probably because talk about pride and insecurity, I mentioned I have experienced other people seeming insecure around me and like trying to put me down for it. 
I am quite intelligent and very well educated. And I am only 30 years old. And that tends to intimidate people who are older than me. And I'm female, which also gets in the way. Roseborn goes and she talks to Yaren and she tells him, you're doing this thing and this isn't what you should be doing. And this is why it's bad. And she doesn't really care that Yaren doesn't believe her, that Yaren tells her she's wrong, that she's foolish because she's just some dumb plant made from winding circle or any of that, because she's confident in her education and in in her magic and in herself. And she's like, I'm not going to let you put me down because you need to make yourself feel better. Sandry, too, is constantly being told by the nobles, like, oh, you shouldn't leave. That's not proper for a young lady. And she's basically like, fuck you. I like weaving and I'm good at it. And it's magical. So I'm going to do it. I guess it's kind of two sides of the same coin because you don't want to be the Yaren where you don't listen to anyone, but you also don't want to hide yourself because other people can't handle you. I've got one that's kind of similar and kind of in between the two. Mine was from the uh, line, the Duke would listen to anyone at any time. I don't take other people's thoughts and comments into consideration sometimes even though I probably should and I do my best sometimes I fail at genuinely listen there's active and passive listening I feel some people listen just to come up with their response they listen to someone else but they're not really listening they're preparing for their rebuttal to it or their connection to it instead of actually genuinely taking in and thinking about what is said. And I know that sometimes I do that. You're not the only one. Mine is the take other people's words and actually genuinely listen and think about them and mull them over rather than just listening for 30 seconds and going, okay, well, this is my reply to this. I'm just going to wait for you to finish talking now. I need to work on that too. Yup. So my personal magic was a don't be a dick. (laughs) (laughs) Very eloquent, very uh, similar to yours. You had the example of Yara just being kind of catty at Nico. Not catty because they're like cats. (laughs) Uh, i've said this before but i feel like sometimes he has the patience of a saint because that entire situation there with the fires was just a very direct mean thing to do to someone yarn made it seem like it was almost like an honor to have nico have the chance to shut the fires down it was very clearly a direct targeted basically attack on his abilities Mm-hmm. And if I were in Nico's position, I would be pissed. Like, I would be mad. Yeah. That sort of thing is, well, I mean, in this situation, pretty uncalled for. I don't get mad easy, but that would get me pretty mad. Especially in front of people that you're trying to mentor. I can imagine it's pretty frustrating. Be more like Nico. Be more patient. Don't engage. Just kind of let them have their moment. But know in the back of your mind that you're better than engaging that sort of stuff. That one's a really good one, too, because I definitely struggle with that. I feel like that's sort of the culmination of the rest of them. So I'm really glad you went last. Don't be a dick. Don't be a dick. To other people, to yourself. Plants. 
It's why Britney got married, so she wouldn't be a dick anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, My poor family, they're still dicks. Shame. I think it's excerpts time. This is an excerpt from chapter four of Dodger's book. They all turned at the sound of clumsy steps. It was the traitor, Pollyann, coming through the arch that opened onto the main courtyard. Everyone's jaw dropped. The part in her hair down the center of her scalp was traced in bright yellow paint of some kind. It ended in a dripping mark on her forehead. Her one good eye was lined in the same color. So too were her mouth, nostrils, and both ears scarred and unscarred alike. Her neck, wrists, and ankles all sported chains decorated with small wooden charms. Each charm was painted with an odd design in bright yellow. Yellow thread was wrapped around the top of her staff. More yellow thread bound one legging to her wooden limb. Even her toenails and fingernails had been tinted yellow. The color almost seemed to glow, even on the bumps and dents of her scarred face and in the shadow of her ruined eyes. What happened to you? asked Briar. Traitor coma protect me, whispered Daja, forgetting that she had just wrapped her fingers around a rod that was still heating in the fire. Your kunsuanin. She had heard of the kunsua ceremony, its use and intent. Never before had she seen it done, though she knew it when she laid eyes on the results. What do you call that shade of yellow? Sandry inquired. It's so vivid. Pollyanne stared at her for a moment, as if she didn't believe what the girl had asked, and then made a face. I call it yellow. Reading Circle Temple is produced by us, Molly, Brittany, Indy, and Goodwin. If you like listening, tell your friends about us. If you don't like listening, tell your enemies. Please tell us what you think of the Circle of Magic by emailing us at templeofreadingcircle at gmail.com or join our Reading Circle Temple Facebook group. You can find more of Reading Circle Temple at readingcircletemple.com or find Reading Circle Temple on Tumblr. And thanks to Yellow is for Happy for our artwork. You can find more of their artwork on Tumblr at Yellow is for Happy Draws or on Instagram at Shannon and Draws. Also, thanks to Britain's brother, Thomas Dick, for our theme music. You can find more of his music by following Thomas Dick on SoundCloud. Thanks to Tamara Pierce for writing The Circle of Magic. And thanks to you for listening. Let's all have coffee next week. I love that. Please, what's your face? Lady. What is her name again? Anoya. <laughs> my bad. Lady Anoya. Personally, I like Lady What's Your Face. <laughs> yeah, she's easily forgettable. That's the that's it the funny part. Terrible. Of forgettable. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm lip fillers. 
With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. The secret to visibly firmer, summer-ready skin is here. Osea's number one best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil. Clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity and transform dull, dry skin to silky, soft, and unbelievably glowing. Rich yet never greasy, Andaria Algae Body Oil is formulated with sustainably sourced seaweed to help replenish the skin's moisture barrier and seven nourishing active botanical oils for results you can see and feel all over. The best part? It's signature scent. A blend of freshly squeezed grapefruit, cypress, and mango mandarin transports you to sun-kissed summer days. This all-natural scent is unforgettable. Everything Osea makes is clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Get healthy, glowing skin for summer with clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A-Malibu.com code GLOW.